for the final time in the year of our Lord, 2023, it is the Sunday card. Week 17 picks after questions were answered. Some questions that we didn't think had to be asked have been answered as well in week 16 of the NFL. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and we are together again with Lemon Pepper Luke Paracone. The producer is in the building post-Christmas extravaganza, final one of 2023. Uh, Matt, before I go to you, I have to ask Lou. I know you got a little sick, and then you bounced back and had a good Christmas, and I got to see you both actually yesterday, which was awesome. How was your Christmas this year? Christmas was good. We watched the best Christmas movie, which is the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas movie. I heard you guys talk about it last time. Uh, the number two would be The Year Without a Santa Claus, Heat Miser, Snow Miser, yada right. yada. Uh, and the Jets get a win over those Washington commies, uh, <laughs> which, who, as my father was screaming at the television, I never thought it would happen. I took the live line of the commies uh, plus whatever the hell it was. And uh, I, I lost, but I won. I won. In the Christmas spirit, I won. The house won. Uh, it was good. And we ate way too much food. I got to see my doctor in about, a, you know, it was supposed to be a couple days, but now it's going to be a couple months because we're going to push that back. So there you go. Adding, adding on the pounds here. Uh, Matt, it seemed to be that uh, it was kind of like the week of the uh... – you know, blow a lead but win the game anyway. You know, at least for me and Lewis's perspective. I don't know about your team. <laughs> certainly, certainly not for my team. Uh, and now we have the news coming out today as far as uh, the Broncos go with with negotiating with Russell Wilson, working on uh, looking like the end of the Russell Wilson era very quickly, mm. swiftly in there. And and Lou, I can't. You know, we're we're perfectly in line on our Christmas movies. I mean, that was my top two as well. They gave out last week. If only we could be in line on our picks because we've gone head to head the past two weeks and i've gone i've gone two and oh so yeah i i flipped man i flipped i shouldn't have flipped i had the ravens and i said who's home and i i talked myself out of it i'm sure if i was on the show i would have seen that matt and dan were going head to head and i would have realized that matt's better at the head to heads and i would have you know it's you know i know better than that but i wasn't Mm. it's my own fault it's my own fault i take blame i'm sorry people whoever's listening uh it's my fault i'm sorry you knew that spirits bright. We're trying to keep spirits bright. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, you know, cause a strike here. Yeah. All right. Knew, no, 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 no. Hold on, Dan. Hold on. Matt is out of our fantasy playoffs. And so he yes. has really, yeah. he's got to yes. really hammer home because yes. we've been hoping the commission doesn't win the championship yet. So I, I get it. I get it. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. We you defeated. Know? That was the one thing we had to do this year. And I didn't, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. He was looking good. He we was looking off, good. We kept him off the trophy one more time. He had puka no kuku no papa pa papa the papa tipa. Yeah. The guy just uh, uh he fell apart. He fell apart. I don't know what happened. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Yet another year. Yet another year making the, I don't think I missed the playoffs at all. Making the playoffs. Everybody promptly gets hurt. And and that's just how it goes. That's how the season goes. Again. Again yeah, and again it. and again. Like Groundhog's Day. He is the da- he missed the playoffs. He's the Dallas Cowboys of our league. It's uh, yeah, that's actually very true. It's, bad. it's fantastic. That's a very fantastic uh, comparison. I might just be the my team. My name might just be the Dallas Cowboys next year. That's you should do it next year. That that should be it. You definitely uh, it. Week week sixteen in review. Uh, 
obviously the big news and the big one that we put together was the mind, uh, I'm sorry, the head-to-head. And that would have been Baltimore and San Francisco. Just from a perspective of where we are, obviously you won that. Me and we lost it. Has San Francisco changed in your mind from being the best team in the league to something else? And has Baltimore kind of taken that mantle, or are we still not sure? As much as it's like you see them play head-to-head, I still in a rematch, I think that San Fran's favored. I think San Fran didn't have as clearly the best test of the year. Um, as much as they played some of these other NFC teams, we may think that, you know, like the Cowboys and the Eagles that they are, maybe those teams are a little flawed. Uh, and they did take handle them, handle them pretty handedly. But um, I think if the Ravens and the Niners met again, even in neutral field, potentially uh, in early February, I think that the San Francisco 49ers would be favored. Mm, interesting. interesting. I, I do think so as well. Um, However, I do think it would not be anywhere around five. I think it would probably be closer to one and a half, two, something like that. Or maybe they play the two and a half and just kind of play that game. But it was just a fascinating game where you really got, again, a lot of questions answered where Purdy absolutely um, shat himself pretty much, you know, uh, and, and had a lot of mishappenings with some bad reads. The Ravens' defense made so many incredible plays. I was so impressed with that tip ball interception off the corner blitz that Marlon Humphrey ended up benefiting from in that pick. Four interceptions, five to, or five turnovers to zero. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Lamar just kind of was patient, took what they gave him, made the plays. I mean, it's almost like that is good enough this year to to win MVP, and 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 we'll have the conversation about it. Because I don't think we can decide who's the MVP yet. I think these last two weeks are really going to break it down. I really do. Yeah, like we were saying, talking about yesterday, it's funny. It's just after every game, it's it's just like the total recency bias talk of basically whoever won the biggest game of the week this past week is like, well, they should be the MVP, whoever the best player on that team is. So uh, we have two more weeks to go, and we'll have a, probably a new name in the conversation. You know, again, Josh Allen talks could, could easily fire up again if they have a big game and they win, even without the one seed. Um, it's chaos in that market. Let's go to the head to, or the mind melt, excuse me. And that would have been Pittsburgh. And you texted me right when that Nails. game started and was just like classic Pittsburgh. Game. <laughs> Rudolph let our slay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't ask for it any better. I mean, George Pickens came out with the, the Randy Moss stat line, yeah. four catches for like 190 and two touchdowns or whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was just a perfect Steelers game, a perfect, uh, you know, Jake Browning back into a pumpkin kind of a game. Uh, it, Pittsburgh was absolutely rocking like that. You know, it was a night, you know, not a night game. It was the, the early, the late afternoon game, but you know, on the East coast, it's getting dark there. So it was perfect. Uh, no question about it. a lot of divisional games that we had this week as well. And, and, and you had another winner here. Uh, it wasn't a divisional game, but man, like back and forth, up and down, go the Colts and back come Atlanta into a playoff spot as the Falcons. Perfect spot. B. John Robinson runs wild on the Colts, and Atlanta all of a sudden finds himself at 7-8. and eight. The Saints are 7-8, and eight, and Tampa's 8-7. and seven. Both of those two teams play this week. This is NFC South sucks, but it's kind of entertaining. Don't you think if Heineke starts the year, they've got – they're probably like 10-7 and seven right now. They might win. Or, ten, or you know, 10-8 and eight right now instead of, instead of where they're at. So uh, he looks a lot better for that offense. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do down the stretch. Are they also actually throwing the ball to their players, Mike? That are that are good, like Pitts and Bijan and 
and Drake Drake London. London. That that helps a little bit, Arthur Smith. Uh, Your losers, Detroit and Minnesota. You got Nick Mullins a little bit. I'm Mullins. Oh, my God. This guy. He cannot stop just trying to get – like, as soon as he's getting tackled, trying to do something with the ball. He had another one of these ones where he's going down and just hands the ball to a defensive lineman while his other defensive lineman is dragging him to the ground. He he is incredibly frustrating to watch when when you're backing him. Because it's like he does that. Then he'll do the third and 23 conversion to Justin Jefferson, which was ridiculous. And then he'll throw up a pick right after that. It's like you just never know what you're going to get from that guy. It is Russian roulette when you're playing the Vikings from now on. Uh, And then um, Dallas, and this is a case. Last week was a real case. This week was such a case, especially for me, of get the number at the best spot that you possibly can. Because Dallas loses by two. And had a one and a half. Yeah, and there were twos. There were twos available during the week. And that's it's one of the things where you get hooked on a key number. You can stomach it, but getting hooked on on one and a half when it's a two point game mm. hurt hurt a little extra. Yeah, just a little bit. Not I mean, obviously, I mean I felt it in I think two other games this week. I felt it in Tennessee and Seattle. Uh that was awful because Tennessee led the entire way and I kind of felt like I Nailed the prediction, but didn't nail the final five minutes of the game. And Geno Smith goes back-to-back weeks with Drew Locke of comeback games. So that totally sucked. And God bless it, Lewis. I mean, the Jets just – I mean, I texted Matt in the beginning of the day. Jets are up 27 to nothing or 27 to 3 or something crazy. And I said to him, the Jets have me nervous being up this big. Like, the Jets had me so nervous the entire time. And obviously it was warranted. Somehow they got the win. but. Minus three is minus three. I, uh, my father was screaming at the TV so much, I thought we weren't going to have a good holiday. Um, yeah, not, not great. I took the Washington Live line. I'm glad I lost, but at the same time, it's almost, uh, am, I, am I really that happy? Because now we move back so much in the draft that it's very just, the Jets are going to jet, and my life's going to continue this way. All Jets fans' life's going to continue this way. Um, I'm sure Rogers will come back next year, get hurt again, and then we'll just we'll do this again next year. It's a it's a very uh, sad existence. Anyway, it's uh, happy holidays. It's uh, it's been nice. It's <laughs> Eat your heart out, Jacoby Brissett. That's all I'll say. He's been uh, money the last two weeks. Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought? He is, we could have used him on the Jets. Probably. I, him, Flacco. There's a plenty yeah, of guys. Flacco alone. Flacco. A, that one like, hurts. What are you kidding me? That one hurts. Yeah. That one hurts, no doubt. Uh, and then, obviously, I lose on San Francisco. We've talked about that, how, how bad that was. My winners, Pittsburgh, we talked about that. Great comeback for Pickens, actually stepping up. And the Giants and the G-Men. I mean, that felt like so easy with plus 12 coming at it. I mean, 12, first off, is a, is, is a dead number, first off. Second off, Philadelphia was not covering double digit at all. In fact, I think they only have two double-digit wins this season. So, um, to me, that's, that felt really, really easy, especially when Tyrod came in. They got the pick six with Adoree Jackson. Uh, everything bounced the Giants' way, yes, but Philadelphia just continues to turn the ball over. So, that's, that's a storyline we have to, to watch out. It's like, who wants this conference? Yeah, again, it's, as, as every good team still has a fatal flaw, right? And, obviously, the fatal flaw of the Eagles this year is turnovers. Uh, it, it's just they can't keep – they can't keep possession of the ball. You can say the same thing as 
the Bills, if they had a fatal flaw, it would be turnovers. It is the drops with the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's always a flaw with one of these teams that unless they tighten it up in these final few weeks here or at least try to mitigate those mistakes in the playoffs, it's going to come back to bite them. And it's going to be like, oh, but as if we didn't see this all year, that they couldn't keep turning the ball over. So they have to certainly figure something out. Is is this the week, Matt, where we say these teams are who we think they are? Like, are, are we turning the page now from spot plays to we got to know like what they are? We're 16 weeks into this. Are we looking at it that way or, or are we still kind of on the gravy train of we got to play the, the right spot here? Yeah, see, for, I, I'm looking at a lot of these lines this week, looking at the board this week, and it feels like teams that are in the playoffs right now or, or in, that are in quote unquote must win, you know, win and in situations are a little inflated on their lines. Mm. It's making me want to take some of these teams that are, you know, would uh, general public might say nothing to pick, nothing to play for. Um, these guys are out of it. Why would they want it? But it feels like they're getting those underdog teams are getting a little too many points in some of these spots. So it's definitely hard. Cause it's like, you got to get a feel of if this team is quit yet and fully given up on their year. Totally. You know, like a team like the Washington commanders, I kind of would put in that category or if they're a team that still has something to just prove to a division rival, you know, similar to last, you know, the end of uh, last year with the lions and Packers when the Lions were yep. eliminated from the game beforehand, but they wanted to ball out and they kept the Packers out of the playoffs. And that was a, that's a win for them. So, and just for rolling into a team that has potential for next year, they would like to keep a good taste in their mouth about this season and, and end it off on the right note. So there's definitely some of those spots this week. Oh, no question about it. By the way, the other things are the specials. We know Lou was on the bet the narrative, so that's going to fail. But the the under the weather does not. Easy call there with Dolphins and Miami going under 50. Way too high of a number. I'm shocked that that number was that high. I get the offenses, but the defenses were playing better, and that weather was going to be nasty from the get-go. So that was one. And oh my goodness. I mean, the money line parlay was very close to hitting. But you want to know something, Matt? I felt like almost not that we didn't des- not that you didn't deserve it, but with Tennessee being such a short dog, I felt like we kind of chickened out. You know, should've we been, talked about been the Ravens. It should have been the Ravens. We talked about that. We even talked about the Chargers, and that almost hit. That was very close with the Bills. You also had um other teams that hit. Tampa wasn't a dog at the time, but they closed as a dog. Patriots. Patriots, yeah. And the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, we thought, were like, no, we can't play the Raiders. They just scored 60 points, and they go and win. I mean, that's that was there was a lot of good dogs and big line dogs to bet. I think it's time. I think I got, we got to swing hammers this week. No, don't, don't, don't coerce him into doing this now, because now all those obvious picks you're saying are not going to be obvious. Now it's a just let the man pick, all right? Just let him let, let the magic. Uh, he's got his the magic. He's got floor, his. Right? He's got his magic. He's got it lined up. I know he there does. He I'm just trying to give him something to think about. That's all. That's, that's yeah, all. yeah. That's all right. Yeah, you throw in the Patriots, like, oh well, Matt, you should have known the Patriots were going to win this game. <laughs> Matt, it, look, it should, should, should have been the Ravens. It should have been the Ravens. I look. I can't take everybody. I took Brian Tannehill, Mike Vrabel. They're not bad. I can't take everybody. Mm. Lamar Jackson was five. Okay, never mind. I'm doing Jim Kelvin. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, but Matt, you do have a winning week. So you're three and two this week, which puts you at 41, 37 and six. Lewis goes to seven, 12 and one on the bet the narrative. I go two and three. That last game decided it for, for winning this week. So I am 35, 44, and five. It's looking very bleak. 
for me this year. Magic Moneyline Parlay is 2-14, down 5.4 units. We can easily get back, though. Under the weather is now 12-4. and Maddie, you don't only have a better record uh, overall, but you had a better record last week. So once again, the floor is yours, my friend, to pick or hunt. I will pick this week. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Excellent. pick. Right, and the spirit of giving, we've been giving all week. I love giving presents more than receiving presents. I don't need anything, but I like putting a smile on people's face. So take a chance to be selfish here and pick first. There you go. In a, in a week that I think is hard to navigate. This is a, a hard one to navigate. And this line has come down, but I think this is a spot. And again, this is exactly the kind of spot we are saying that on one side of the ball, they are they are the darling. It's a buy low, sell high spot. Everybody's saying, don't let this team into the playoffs. This team could be frisky in the playoffs. And meanwhile, we don't know who's starting for the New York Giants, but we're taking the New York Giants plus four and a half. And this line has come down a ton. I mean, I literally bet this as I was doing notes this morning. I bet it at plus six as I'm going through the games. And as we're waiting for the afternoon to record this, it's down to four and a half. So clearly Mm -hmm. it was on the right side. I I don't, you know, we're still getting about key number of four. So I am going to take it here. But again, I think, People are riding so high on on the uh, on the Rams right now. Obviously, they they kind of had a, a little bit of a blowout uh, in the final score of their game against New Orleans last week. wasn't as close as it looked because they had them beat by so much in the in the second half that they kind of slowly trickled their way back in and got a few garbage time touchdowns from Derek Carr. But I, I think that the Giants here are going to be able to take advantage. The, the Rams' offensive line has improved since what we talked about earlier this year, where they really couldn't keep up with with pass rush. But I do think that the Giants' pass rush. And defense has been playing really well at the end of the season. Uh, and if it is Tyra Tyler, who I'm hoping, it seems like it's going to be that way. Um, he gives them certainly a, a boost. I think he, I think they're a mobile quarterback as well against this defense, is, which isn't great, uh, seems to give them problems. Uh, we've seen that the Rams have a little bit of a hard time covering quarterbacks are able to get out of the pocket and create on their own a little bit. So I just think home dog catching over four, over four on a key number. Uh, you do get the Rams on extended rest over Giants on short rest, which does concern me a little bit. Rams, uh, Giants playing Monday night versus Rams playing last Thursday. Um, but still, in, in a travel game, west to east, in a, in a game that the Rams desperately need, I think that they can win this, but I also think the Giants are able to, to muck it up and keep it close enough to stay within this number. So that was my last one out. That's in my leans, mm-hmm. the Giants. My problem with it now is that it's come down by a point and a half. Yeah. So yep. going from six to four and a half, that is – makes it much less attractive to me when it was really at that key number. So I can see this definitely with Tyrod adding balance to the offense. They use Saquon really well. I also see that Jalen Hurts threw a pick six that was horrible on a, on a play where Dallas Goddard falls down, uh, you know, kind of a freak thing. Um, they had guys running into each other on the kickoff. I mean, like it or not, the Giants did get a lot of bounces uh, on Monday. So to me, it does, it gives me a little bit of pause knowing that, you know, Stafford's a better quarterback right now. At least he's playing a lot better than, than Jalen Hurts is. And again, Kyron Williams is running the ball really well. I mean, that's one of the things the Giants don't do great is defend the run. Um, and they had a lot of missed tackles. Giants couldn't tackle in that game. So I imagine Wink will be better. All, my, and that's my other concern too, is like Wink's going to be the guy that's, Kind of scheming against McVay, Stafford is really good against the Blitz. Really good against the Blitz. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So if it was six, I'd be right right there with you, but I can't be at four and a half. So good on you. Good on you. 
Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, I can agree. It was, I had a hard time finding another one to get in here because there's mm-hmm. been a lot, there's been some movement throughout the day. A lot of, a lot of half point and full point moves. Yeah. No question about it. Here's a half point move in my favor uh, that I'm going to take on this one. Uh, this one has come down, I think a full point now, or maybe even a point and a half since it opened. But uh, I have, I have distinguished my picks this week into final times. So each of my picks is going to have a final time uh, that we see something or we do something for this week. So for the final time this year, we play the Monday Night Loser. We play the San Francisco 49ers minus 13 in Washington. We talked about it last week. What's that line going to be, Matt? 17? 18? Oh, no. Washington's at home. 16? Okay, fine. And it opened 14 and a half, and now it's down to 13. So obviously guys are hammering it and say, okay, like Washington, that's a little overinflated. Short week across the country for San Francisco against a team. Yeah, that's bad, but can they beat them by two touchdowns? And in my estimation, yes, I do think that there are some people that kind of overinflate San Francisco's defense. Their offense should absolutely wreck this Washington defense. It is no contest in every measurable category that you can think of. So what how many points do the do the Niners have to hold Washington to cover this number? And in my thought process, it's probably somewhere around 21, 20. And I think they can cover that number and score 35. I mean, I just don't see San Francisco not being able to put up 30, especially if Washington does what they did last week, has blocked punts in the beginning of the game. Like the Jets statistically are a fantastic offense, statistically. I think sometimes they get bogged down and get a little, you know, hardo action from their D coordinators and just trying to bully guys instead of kind of being more intellectually sound like the Niners are. The Niners can do both. And on top of that, the Niners can also score at will. They actually had, believe it or not, they had 6.3 yards per play against the Ravens' defense. They moved the ball. They just turned the ball over. That was the issue. And Washington and the, and the Niners, if you take away last week, which is the five interceptions to zero, this would have been the biggest turnover differential in, in the league. I mean, by far in this game. So I said last week was going to be the final time you could take Kyle. I didn't realize the Niners were going to be below two touchdowns on Washington. So I'm going to play the Monday Night Loser one more time. I do get nervous that this is a Kyle road favorite, big favorite. Like It's never usually a good thing to do with Kyle Shanahan. But Washington's defense is just so terrible. I, I have to think that, that San Francisco, if they get any type of points from their defense or special teams or anything like that, they'll score 50 in this game. They really could do that. So I'm going to take the Niners minus 13. Yeah, this is probably last one out for me, I would say, too. I mean, I, I, I had the same thought. Like I said, we talked about what the line was going to be. Um, and obviously, I, I think that you can, Baltimore won that game last week from a heroic effort from the defense. As we said, their playmakers were making all sorts of plays, causing real, a lot of havoc for the San Francisco offense. And Washington just doesn't have an ounce of what the Ravens have as far as playmakers and impact players on defense, especially after selling off half the team at the deadline. So, um I agree with you here. I just put when push came to shove, I couldn't lay. I couldn't lay nearly two touchdowns on the road. It's hard. It's hard. I've been I've been very liberal in my 
big, big, my big favorites this year. I feel like I've been taking way more big favorites than I ever have this season, especially with Miami and now San Francisco. Yeah, you've there's been at least six. You took Detroit in a couple spots like that. Yeah. I, I think you've taken like six or seven ten double digit favorites, which is mm. not like us. Yeah, not at all. This has been a strange, strange year. Number four. Number four. This is uh, this is a little a gift for me. I think as could have used him again. Could have used him last week. Have been wanting to see this man play more football coming back, especially for my fantasy team. But he's back. Here comes the man, not with a white beard, not with a big red jolly coat, but the offensive rookie of the year is back and playing again this week. We'll take mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans laying five to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, my gosh. And it's, that one has also ballooned up. Again, I, I got this earlier today at four, uh, and then the practice report came out. Or I should say, I think I saw it. It was at three. Saw the practice report that C.J. was going to be practicing Wednesday. Immediately went to go see where it was at. And it was up to four and a half, and now it's up to five. I'm time to record this, so I will get it out before we get any higher. And hit, you know, four and a half to five isn't crazy. Um, as I'll far give as you, I'll give you four and a half because right now the consensus number is four and a half. From okay, all right, from that, right? Yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't think that will make too much of an impact going from that four and a half to that five. You know, not a key number of five, uh, not as much of a key number as five. So uh, I, I just think that Tennessee has in the past two weeks had to give it all, like they've given it all mm-hmm. in their games. And they still haven't been able to beat <laughs> either of these teams. Right. Um, and, and not for nothing, the Texans beat Tennessee in Tennessee without CJ Stroud just a couple weeks ago, 19 to 16. So I think that Tennessee is really bottom of the barrel at, you know, coming down the end of this year. Who knows who's coming in at quarterback? Is what is Levis going to be healthy enough again to start here? Or is it going to be Tannehill again? There was even talks it was going to be Malik Willis before last week's game. So. Tennessee, I think, is in a real tough spot, and I know it might feel like a variable spot that we're going against, but um, I just think C.J. Stroud of this offense, they are so much better when he is there. Their their yards per passage attempt over the past few games without C.J. has gone down three yards. They've gone from 7.8 yards per attempt down to 4.8 yards per attempt. Uh, So he totally unlocks and changes their offense with what he's able to do with the ability of his arm. So give me – the Texans lay in five at home to a division rival in Tennessee Titans. Mm. Uh, another one that's in my leans. Uh, I had it in there originally. It was my, my like, oh, this is a good favorite. Went up to four and a half. Started kind of thinking about, okay, why is it going up? Obviously, guys like, like they, you know, they're going to hammer Houston, but with the Stroud news. But at the same time, DJ Stroud's the rookie coming off a concussion. How's he going to play? Rabel. Is Vrabel going to get them to play at least a little bit hard and you know keep this game close and wreck a season? I don't know. And, and, and so a lot of questions and concerns. Now you're saying it's up to five. Starting to get to a point where I'm getting uncomfortable. So, again, that's another one where it was in originally and I pulled it out because I, as much as, as, much as I, I agree with you on these points, I do worry about any rookie that is going to be a favorite at home. And we've known that. Divisional favorites have not been great at home late in the season, especially over the last couple of years in terms of covering the spread. So we'll see. We'll see. I do. I think that's going to be a very, very pivotal game for the Texans. We'll see if they're for real, if they can win this game, because I don't think Tennessee will lay down. 
Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're certainly not out of the division race. I mean, obviously, yeah. Jacksonville, Jacksonville's holding on to that one with, with, with dear life, with dear life, they're holding on to that division lead right now. With three teams at eight and seven at the top of the AFC South. Can you believe that? Uh, so, Matt, for the final time in my number four, you have taken the Texans, which has been your team all year. And originally, in the preseason, I was all over the Colts. So for the final time, let the miracle of the mustache bring power to Indianapolis. I'll take the Colts minus three and a half against the Rams off of a short week, off of two weeks in a row. What a couple of two weeks for the Raiders. They score 63 and get a coach fired in their own division. Then they come back in their own division and beat the world champions. All right. And now they got a short week. They go on the road to a place in which, if we remember two years ago, they had to win out to get to the playoffs. And they had to go to Indianapolis and they had to beat Carson Wentz in Indy in that week 17 game before they went to LA to play the Chargers and won in that crazy game. So this is not. This is not uncharted territory for us. And I believe Frank Reich might have been his first year as a head coach as well. And their coach had gotten fired as well in the middle of that season, too. So this is a lot of similarities, Lewis, to that game. This is kind of weird. It's like the same exact spot. The Colts are going to be favored. Now, Gardner Minshew obviously is, is a little different than Carson Wentz, but he's made a lot more plays happen. I think that. The Vegas defense is playing better, but they've relied heavily on their run game on offense. So they're going to try to slow this game down. I mean, what? how many passes did O'Connell throw in that game? 14? I mean, he threw very few, few passes. He threw for like 60 have yards. A completion. He didn't have a completion after the first quarter. Not a single completion. So we got the Zamir White show. I don't know if J- Jacobs, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's going to be even playing in this game, but um, Indianapolis's defense has been opportunistic. And if you come into last week, before this Falcons game, they were third in sacks and third in takeaways. They've been super opportunistic. Their run defense has gotten way better since Grover Stewart's returned before last week's disaster with Bijan. But they also didn't have Michael Pittman. And, and that was so evident how much it hurt them. Because he gets such a bulk of their targets and is such a weapon for them, big body in the middle. When they have Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor on the field at the same time, their offense is capable of putting up points. That combo should allow them to exploit an aggressive Las Vegas defense that has to be due for some regression after two weeks. I mean, they were up 50 points on the Chargers. They really didn't even have to play defense. The Chargers were giving them the ball. And then they had a game of their life in Kansas City uh, inspired by Pierce. The only thing Indianapolis really has to do in this game, just focus on Max Crosby. That, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you just have to chip that guy every time and make sure he's not getting to Minshew. This has been a roller coaster ride for the Colts, and it feels gross taking them as this big of a favorite, but it's been blowout or be blown out every single week for the Colts in the last couple weeks. This week would turn out to be blowout week. So I'm going to take the Colts in a buy low, sell high the Raiders spot, minus three and a half. So, what I have to say about this game, Dan, is, you know, the holiday time of year, this time of year, wrapping up the year, it's time of year to see your loved ones and 
see your friends. Again, we all got together with some buddies. And it's great. It's also time to, to mend some fences and squash some beefs and, and maybe get over some of the things you've had going on in the past. And oh I'm hoping God. that my good old friend back in the day, Gardner Minshew, can willing to crack a couple of cold PBRs with me and sit in a lawn chair, sitting in a kiddie pool down in Florida, and <laughs> we could just sit back and don't and you say the- it. Don't you for the- dare say this is a mind meld. I swear to God. Root for the Colts minus three and a half. Let's go, baby. Minus three and a half. Let's get the RV down in North Florida with with Mustache Minshew, man. Let's go. I mean, listen, the Raiders got every, every, they got the worst of the Chiefs last week. They got the rock bottom of the Chiefs last week, where they held them, again, to under 70 yards passing on offense and got blown out. Because Patrick Mahomes just couldn't you know, pick sixes, and and he he was doing everything. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had there was no rhythm to their offense last week. He was doing everything on his own. Everything was off script, either out of the pocket, um, unless it was a quick throw screen. He was out of the pocket, creating on his own, getting what he could with his legs. It was an absolute disaster. And I think I think that's just a the Raiders have that game plan that have worked against uh, the Chiefs. Uh, so the Chiefs as double digit favorites uh, in their career as far as losing outright games. Uh, against all of the teams in the NFL, they are 21-1, and one, I believe. And then I can't remember what the exact record is against the Raiders, but they have lost two games outright to the Raiders. As I think they are like wow. three and or like like two and two or three and two as double-digit favorites over the Raiders, um, in which they have lost that game outright. So that is a divisional game where those teams know each other, and it's just kind of the script. But I think that we've seen how much better the Colts are at home. Like so, this is this. I've had I've had bad times going up against Minshew. Going in, in at home, even as a short favorite, so the three and a half instead of the three does stink. But uh, we got to make this a mind build in back our back the good old friend, Gardavichu. Lewis, you've been away for too long, and you're disgusted already. I am. I am sick. I'm putting together a bet the narrative, and you guys are just 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 sickening, absolutely sickening. You guys are. You're killing me. You're killing me. No, the Raiders weren't part of it, but it's just listening to you guys talk. It's like, mm-hmm, maybe I got to take the Colts and old Minshew magic, but I already have my stuff written down. So it's, we're not, we're not going away from that after last week. So here we are. In 2020 and 2024, we'll, we'll get off. Maybe we'll see. No, you won't. We'll no, you won't. No, probably not. You'll be still uh, <laughs> hammering the Patriots at plus 19. So <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Uh, hey, any Patriots get 19 points. I'm doing it every time. Uh, Matt, was that your number three? Uh, yeah, we'll put that as my number three. Number three, okay. My number three, you know, we talked about before the show that we had an opportunity to either do games in which we know who those teams are or we're playing the spots like we normally do. Playing the spots one more time. And this one is a spot play. And so for the final time, let Dallas suck us in one more time. We'll take the Cowboys minus six at home against the Lions. That's what we're doing because we have to. We just have to. And I saw this line, and I was thinking about, I wonder what that line is going to be. It's probably going to be two and a half, three, maybe three and a half with the Lions six, six. I was shocked. And I knew right then and there. I said, "That's disgusting. I don't. I got to take the Lions here." And I knew, and I thought, and I paused with myself. I said, "Don't be stupid. Like you know that you have to do this. This is the spot play. 
we have to take the Cowboys. Like I said, I thought the line would be way, way less, but the Cowboys are at home. The Detroit defense still sucks. To the to the to the likes of Nick Mullins last week, who throws four interceptions. TJ Hawkinson goes out. Jordan Addison goes out. Both knocked out of that game. And Detroit still almost lost and still gave up so many plays to the Vikings last week. Detroit is a bottom five pass rush unit. They have given up so many yards and points, 28 points to middle of the pack offenses like the Chargers, the Packers, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Saints. Meanwhile, Dallas at home is 7-0, and and they've scored an average of 40 points a game. So I'm sorry. I, I have to take the Cowboys here in a get-right spot where their pass rush should bounce back here. They're playing Detroit's front, their O-line has been playing all linemen that have been banged up all season. They also last week had the least amount of explosive plays they've had all season against the Vikings, and it's the second straight road game for the Lions. So extra travel during the holidays, just forget it. I'm taking Dallas minus six in a, in a spot play. I have to do it. Yeah, I didn't have anything in this game. This one was too weird of a line for me. Again, being six for Dallas, it does. I, I do kind of feel like that is the side to be on. I did think it was going to be Dallas more like minus four. I don't know if there's a, a thought of maybe Detroit's not playing for as much. They're playing for seeding, but they've got the division. They've got their spot locked up as far as that goes. Um, very weird number for me, so I had to stay away. Fair enough. I wonder that that factor of the hat to t-shirt, you know, game maybe mm-hmm. might lessen it a little bit. They did what they had to do first time in thirty years. I'm going to get off of them. Uh, number two. Number two. I am. I am torn. I am torn. I am torn. Oh, I am torn. Here we go. I don't know where to go here. I think that this is the right side, though. This is, again, we talked about there's just teams that have fatal flaws this year. And I don't want to pile on to this team, even though I do, because I hate this team. Hmm. But Kansas City is laying seven points again. And I don't know who in their right mind can lay seven points with Kansas City right now for a team that has a hard time scoring 20 points. So give me the Hmm. Bengals plus seven. I know that the magic wore off of Jake Browning last week. And I know that, you know, you know, Cinderella turned into a pumpkin a little bit last week. But we were fading Mahomes in this spot, giving seven points. When the team was good, when the team was the best offense yeah. in the league, he wasn't good at covering this number. And now he's getting no help from his offense. He's having to do this on the side. He's, I mean, he's losing it on the field with his receivers. This he's a we saw it with uh, in the Bills game. He's screaming at him in the Raiders game he, on he Christmas, almost, no less. Uh, he almost looks like Tom Brady. Go ahead. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I don't know. If we I, this is <laughs> we're getting oh, we're getting to we're getting to crazy levels of of complaining on the sidelines. But again, I think that Cincinnati is another team that Luana Rumo knows this offense very well. I mean, they've 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 competed in these games with the Chiefs in the past few years in these AFC Championship games, and, and you know big games during the regular season leading into the playoffs by the defense handling Mahomes and being able to keep them down and, and controlling the clock. Uh, as much as obviously Burrow helps in having a big game quarterback like that is, is crucial in these. But I think that Cincinnati getting seven on the road here, I worry about a bounce back spot because I did say I think that could be rock bottom for the Chiefs last week. But who knows? Maybe we haven't hit the bottom yet. So 
Uh, this is a spot play for me. I think that we would have taken this, whether the Chiefs are playing good on offense and they are playing bad on offense. So I think that a touchdown is just far too much for them to be laying right now. So give me Cincinnati. Well, that makes me feel great because for the final time, a JB will strike against the Prince of Darkness. This is a mind meld. I'm taking the Bengals plus seven as well. Actually, this is my number one play. I'm not going to hide it from you this week. Uh, I love the Bengals here. Like you mentioned, we wouldn't take this if this was last year. We wouldn't take the Chiefs here. I mean, this is this is a this is a spot where you always take the die. We're taking Chiefs as less than or as more than three point favorite. Like we're never going to do that. Plus, the Bengals have two extra days of rest on Kansas City. That's so important this time of year. The Kansas City offense hasn't scored 20 points since week 12. They've lost three out of four games. Yes, they have the run advantage on Cincinnati. That's my one fear. It's like if Pacheco and Edward Solaire like go nuts, but is Reed going to be able to keep Mahomes on the leash enough, not letting him throw it? I mean, is he going to be able to please himself? We know how antsy they get on the sidelines when not running the football. Cincinnati's pass rush has been better, even off of a loss. Like you said, we got to expect Anarumo to have a game plan here, especially with two days extra, especially with the fact that, you know, Cincinnati is going to get Jamar Chase back here more than likely. They can challenge Kansas City deep. We have to rely on Kansas City as they are who they are, right? So I'm right there with you. I'm going to take the Bengals as well, plus seven. Right. It makes me feel good that I went with the right one. Who knows? I mean, maybe you're going to take the other one. I was wavering between right now. I don't think you will. Nah, actually, if I know you, there's a certain nickname I would call you if if you took this. So I'm interested to see. Okay. You want me to give my number one since that was your number one? Sure. I have none left. I have only one okay. left. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I will go then. This... Uh, think that this is a spot this I, I hope i'm not being blinded by spite as much as this man i've bet, been one and one backing this certain quarterback but after last week's performance we are done with the nick mullins experiment give me the green bay packers plus one and a half going against okay. uh, going against the minnesota vikings uh again I, I think that nick mullins has been absolutely a turnover machine i mean he's been brutal like two turnovers in the red zone against the the Bengals. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually, it was only a push on the show. So as far as everybody concerned, I was 0-1-1 betting on Nick Mullins this year, uh, which is just not very good. And we will not go down that road again. Let's hope uh, in a Nick Mullins spot, I don't get another loss. But I think that the loss of TJ Hawkinson is massive for them. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that he is a huge chain mover. He is the guy as much as Justin Jefferson is the the point scorer in the, in the field stretcher uh, and really can get it done in all fast game. Hawkinson is the guy that they have been dialing up when they need crucial third downs, fourth down conversions short yardage spots uh, and him being done for the seasons, I think is going to be, uh, you know, really impact their offense. And then again, what I've been worried about and what I've been backing with Minnesota in all these recent weeks is Brian Flores defense, their blitz packages and everything else. Jordan love is actually pretty good against the blitz. We've known that he's, he's actually pretty good at getting the ball out fast. We say, I think it's, it's maybe a, a, an advantage for him to try and get the ball out fast, not think as much because uh, when he has a little bit too much time is when he makes some mistakes and he likes to overthrow his, Receivers downfield. His downfield accuracy isn't as good, so it forces him to get the ball out fast and get the ball into receivers' hands and make them make a play. Uh, Aaron Jones has looked uh, much better uh, in, in recent weeks coming back from his injury, so I think they are going to be able to 
moved the ball well. Uh, and you mentioned as much as I took a divisional favorite earlier uh, in this show, it is better to back a divisional dog late in the year, especially um, in, in a spot where they're hungry to get into the playoffs here. So both these teams really need this win. Give me Green Bay one and a half to get it done. You are a much braver man than I. I we went through that whole monologue. You didn't mention that Green Bay just gave up 30 points well, to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, on defense. Their defense is horrible. I, I was I was saying, so we have we do have as much as we had like uh, Miami and Dallas going together last week with, mm-hmm. you know, the unstoppable force, the immovable object in, in a bad way. We have that with Nick Mullins turnovers <laughs> versus Joe Brady. I mean, Joe Brady's defense versus Nick Mullins trying to constantly turn the ball over. Uh, I am just praying that. You know, Joe Brady's defense makes everybody look good, but Nick Mullins can make anybody's defense look good. So we're, we're going to see how that turns in my favor. Uh, playing the wheel. I mean, the cheese stands alone, certainly, in that one. I, I like it. All right, so this would be my number two. We've mentioned final times, uh, and for the final time, I get to lash out and pick the guy with my favorite nickname that we've ever given him. Uh, his coach is also the second favorite of his former coach is the second favorite that we've given out a nickname to. Final time that the chicken nugget ruins a good team's year this year. Give me the Cardinals plus ten and a half at Philadelphia. I think we're just getting off of all the teams we might think are frauds. Like that's that's what I think. So we've got teams maybe like we're getting off of uh, Kansas City getting off of Philadelphia, believing in San Francisco, but, like, getting off of them, uh, getting off of other teams. I mean, Arizona last week got got by Chicago because Chicago's defense is playing a lot better. Their offense is an offense that runs the ball while valuing the possession, right? Philadelphia does none of this. Philadelphia's middle-of-the-field defense is horrible. The linebackers can't cover. Their safeties can't cover. Bradbury is a nightmare. He's got to be put in on nickel defense. Playing rookies all over the place. We have underestimated the idea that the Eagles' defense, although laden with veterans, those veterans are very aging, and they've had to play a ton of rookies and second-year guys. And for me, I think that this is also a Jonathan Gannon uh, going to show them why he kind of, you know, should maybe should still be there. You know, for all the crap he took in Philadelphia, and some of it was warranted, some of it wasn't, Jonathan Gannon might say, okay, they didn't want me back. I'm going to take this job. Here we go. I'm going to show you how their defense works, and I'm going to have the game plan for it. Do not underestimate that power. Um, I think Philadelphia's offense, although they can run the football well, they don't value the ball. Jalen Hurts continues to throw the ball in the opposite team's hands. He continues to get rolled to his left. And throw the ball away. He has not been good on the run. They have continued to be garbage on third down on defense. Even their run defense has suffered, which was the strength of their team. And now they're playing an Arizona team that over the last three weeks is second in the league in yards per carry. 5.4 yards per carry. By the way, those are against the Bears and the 49ers. I'm blanking on the third team because nobody watches the Cardinals, but still. Uh, The Steelers. Steelers, so they got three really good defenses that they've been able to easily run the ball on. That should should be able to shorten the game, and I think Philadelphia is going to naturally want to shorten the game, right? I think they they have not they've had so much less explosive plays this year 
They've had to meticulously move the ball down the field. I think Arizona is going to want to do that. It'll shorten the amount of possessions. Arizona went tit for tat two weeks ago with San Francisco, and if not for a pick six, they probably cover the number against the Niners. I think in some circles they did with the closing number. Uh, but I think Arizona's ripe here for an upset. I think they're ripe here for an upset. I would take the Cardinals outright and sprinkle a little money line because I really think this is a spot in which the Eagles, again, another short week for the Eagles to play uh, against a team that, yes, this is the second straight road game, but Arizona kind of already got their spanking versus Chicago. I think Arizona could be live here for a possible upset. So I'm going to take the Cardinals plus 10.5 and a big money line possibly coming in for Arizona. This was the team I was weighing with as far as my when I was going back and forth between the Bengals and the Cardinals were my my other team I was debating about squeezing in there. So I am right there with you. I was worried. I I know the Eagles in the past couple weeks, their run defense hasn't been as good, but that was my general thought was without their running offense if Arizona, on Arizona, if Philly can get back to what they know as far as just stopping the run and making teams throw, which is, you know, been the game plan for most teams because of how poor their secondary has been. Uh, I just worry about the Arizona offense without a running game because that really is the motor of their offense. And I think that Philadelphia can can sell out to that and, and make them beat them through the air. Um, and I think that they'll be able to move the ball up and down the field and keep this number close. I, outright is very interesting, Dan. Outright is – I like it. You're tempting me. You're very much tempting me. Oh, I know. I'm putting, putting something in your ear there for the outright spot. So those are our five. Um, a lot of – Favorites in here, uh, some wild and big-time dogs as well. What were your leans? What did you just have out? Because I mentioned I had the Giants and I had Houston. Uh, the last one that I had as a lean, how do you feel about Pittsburgh plus three and a half up in Seattle? I worry about how long Mason Rudolph is going to actually be able to. Like, he is a third-string quarterback we're talking about. And as much as I don't think Seattle's been great in what they've been doing, and they are super banged up on the defensive side uh, in Seattle, saying. I this does feel like a spot where Tomlin now goes on the road. He's a dog. That was tough. That was really, really tough to pull out for me. My, my leanings were Atlanta plus three, thinking that – I was actually back and forth in that one because I think Chicago could take it on, on, at home because they have been playing so well this back half of the year. <laughs> um. But that one's got me back and forth. And then obviously Carolina plus six. If it was seven, but it went down to six and a half and it saved me, I think, because I don't, you know, whether it's Trevor Lawrence playing or CJ Beathard, um, but Lawrence is so banged up. Lawrence just gets a new injury every single week and yet still keeps coming back out in the field and playing. So he is just, you know, a walking cast at this point. Uh, and like I said, San Francisco in my leads as well. Carolina, would this would be the week. If you're going to take them, like, this really is your last chance because next week they're going to play a team that is probably going to be looking to find a playoff spot and really playing hard. So I don't know if they can play spoiler. The reason why I'm laughing is because as we go to the specials, my under the weather this week is a true Matty Ice over under to close out the year. Between his two great loves, crack open a Heineke against Justin Fields. That is the Matty Ice under the weather game in Chicago. Atlanta and Chicago, the two teams that 
he's the mostest proud of and loves to bet on. Uh, with two teams that want to run the ball and have underrated defenses. That's the way I looked at it. Also, 36 degrees in Chicago on, on Sunday, 10 to 15 miles an hour winds, and possible snow showers for our former snow miser, Matty Ice. Atlanta, Chicago, under 38, low total, but we'll take it anyway in the windy city. What do you think? Hey, I love it. They have two quarterbacks that are fantastic to uh... – and you know what I saw on Twitter? Sorry, as as yeah. quickly following up the Russell Wilson news today, there might have been one or two uh, Justin Fields photoshops and Broncos uniforms. And <laughs> can you imagine? And I just uh, I had to excuse myself from I had to excuse myself from the internet for a little while and just say, okay, let me uh, let me take a seat. Let me take a seat. Let me collect my thoughts on this. I saw it was a picture collage of just it was like the Broncos office next year of Justin Fields, Cortland Sutton. Kyle Pitts and Mike Evans. And I was like, hmm, you never know. That sounds pretty nice to me. That sounds like it'd be pretty, oh, pretty sweet deal. That is a breath up the old nostrils for Maddie right there. He had to sit out after seeing that. Goodness <laughs> gracious. There's no way that that game is not on number one on your screen on, on Sunday. That has to be. It's a great game. That's a fantastic game. Especially yeah. if we get snow, too. Right, yeah. Come on. Come on. Two best quarterbacks in the league, right? Uh, let's make some magic. Is there magic involved with Taylor Heineke this week, or maybe a different game? I think we go for the fences here, Dan. You said I was already, I was already lining one up. I was already leaning Carolina, like you said. If there's a week to take Carolina, <laughs> we're doing Carolina. So we're gonna throw Carolina. Oh boy, plus six. Well, not plus six and a half. Let's see. Let's get there. Let's give me get their money line up. They are plus two thirty. Against Jacksonville. I like I, I, that. It's hard. I, coming on late in the year, I know it was a Joe Brady defense, but this Jaguars defense is not much better. They have been absolutely putrid uh, the past month and a half. Ever since that Monday night game against Cincinnati, the Jaguars have been horrible. So plus 230. Let's just – let's have some nuggets, man. Let's have some McNuggets. Let's go with two, two big dogs here in, in, a, in a bird bowl matchup. Give me the Cardinals, which are a plus four ten, and we got the biggest one of the year, maybe the biggest one we've ever put in here. Plus two thirty, plus four ten. Cardinals and Panthers will give you plus fifteen eighty three, plus fifteen eighty three on the Magic Money Line parlay. Get you all the way back and then some. Let's go for it. Let's take a big swing. 1583, excellent year. So Cardinals and Panthers, this is the get the Patriots number one pick back. Uh, Matty Ice, Magic Moneyline Parlay. That's, That's true. Two teams that two teams that shouldn't want to win because they're going to ruin they're going to ruin draft spots. Well, the Carolina Panthers have nothing to lose in it because they don't have that pick anyway. But the Cardinals have really like been on this little hot, you know, trying to get a little hot streak now uh, and protect themselves. Like there are actually talks that the Bears would have been beneficial to lose that game to the Cardinals last week because it would have guaranteed the Panthers. It would have guaranteed them the number one overall mm -hmm. pick with the Panthers pick. But uh, you know what? They're professionals too, and they play to win the game. They do. They do. They got jobs just like all of us. Oh, if the Patriots can't beat the Bills on Sunday, this would be the next best thing. I'm telling you. This would be fantastic. Uh, let's bet the narrative. Lou has heard it all. 
He walked in blind, and now he sees in his crystal ball. It's good to have you back for a live Bet the Narrative. Finally, close us out in 2023, Lewis. I see, said the blind man. Uh, now, I, I'm nervous. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little nervous. I did a little flip-flop last week. I had the Ravens, and then I said the Niners because they're home. Uh, but I have to bet the narrative. We don't talk about stats. There's no lines. We don't worry about any of that. And we're going for another year of not a losing season for the old Mike Tomlin. I like it. Plus three and a half. Hopefully they win outright. Steelers over the Seahawks. Mm. Like a, that's a Super Bowl rematch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little Mike Tomlin action. I was going to give you six and hope that I could cover the uh, five losses at. No, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not going to do that. No, that, that's save it for next week. Save the Hail yeah, Mary for next yeah, week. Yeah. Save the Hail Mary for next week when it's all gone to crap. Poopy poop. But yeah, no. We're doing a Steelers this week. That's it. I don't even know who's playing quarterback. Mason Rudolph. Uh, yeah, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. Oh, actually, it could be Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett could be Oh, that's three right. picks? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I go that's on this blind, as the blind man said. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Should be awesome. Dude, what is up? Let me edit this spot really quick because somebody just showed up. Hold yes. on. Look who I'm on right now. What's up? <laughs> What's up, dude? Look who just oh, showed up. It's hey, Chris Rosa. <laughs> You're on the red Dude, I didn't know if you were. I didn't know what time you were coming. Hey, no, 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 don't worry. Do you think I'm, I'm literally going to be done. I said we're later five minutes. <laughs> okay. Cool. That was so funny. All right. <laughs> Yo, <that is laughs> you didn't say Rosa was so coming. Wild. I, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. Um, the uh, So let me just pick it up real quick. Okay. So Steelers. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I love that pick. That was right in my lanes. I think that shades of shades of Detroit back, back in 2005 and Roethlisberger getting it over the line real quick. Antoine Randall had a touchdown pass in that game with the Seahawks Super Bowl. That was a that was a good game. Underrated Antoine Randall L. This guy knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time ago. Wow, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Richard like Mendenhall. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That name's getting yeah. in the news. Uh, well, that's that's a podcast for off season. Um, okay, so that's the narrative, Maddie. Let's run it down. All right, we've got uh, the Giants plus four and a half at home against the Rams. We have CJ Stroud is back in the saddle. Tex, uh, mm. Texans minus five against the Titans at home. We met some fences with Gardner Minshew. Let's crack up with some cold PBRs. Minus three and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. Cincinnati catching a few, uh, catching a touchdown, seven points going on the road to Kansas City and Green Bay, plus one and a half on the road, a divisional matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. The Magic Money Line parlay, the big one. We're going big game hunting. Panthers, Cardinals, plus fifteen eighty. God, that's huge. I love that. Panthers, Cardinals, outright money line parlay. I love that. Two two of the worst three teams in the league. Get the Pats the one pick back. Let's do it. Uh, San Francisco minus 13. Big number as our number five. We're taking the Colts minus three and a half in a mind meld. Love that. Dallas minus six. Scary spots against Detroit, but got to do it. The Arizona Cardinals plus 10 and a half 
in Philadelphia. And we're mind melding one more time. A JB strikes against the Prince of Darkness, Cincinnati plus seven in Kansas City. The underweather is a Matty Ice special. Atlanta at Chicago, under 38 in the Windy City. And the bet the narrative, Lewis, is the Steelers. Plus three and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. Screw the 12th man. I don't care. Let's ride. <laughs> Tomlin is a god as a dog. I love it. I love it. All right, boys. Very nice. Very nice. Good show. Final one of 2023. Maddie, what's your New Year's resolution? Uh, just be a better person all around. Just, you know, we just, <laughs> Not there's a lot of, there's a lot of improvements that can be made. We're just going to try and in totality do it all, but mainly everybody, we got to drop a few LPs where, uh, we got a, we got a, we got a Florida uh, or a, a tropical vacation scheduled in February. We got, mm. tight, we got to tighten it up a little bit. Where are you going in February? Cause I'm going oh. to Florida in February. Oh, sorry. We're not going to Florida. I say it was tropical. We're going to Cabo. We're going to Cabo in February. So. Break out the briefcases. Holy cow. And we're right near like we're right near like six great golf courses. <laughs> Polish up the old the old clubs there, my friend. I love it. He's got a fresh ball, fresh pro V1s in the bag waiting for the offseason. I love it. I love it. Lewis New Year's resolution, real quick. Be more evil. However, <laughs> However, I can figure that out. Be a little more evil. Maybe uh, run over to the hub and snap all of Matt's clubs. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's it's okay, yes. Uh, Devious. I didn't do it. If if you find somebody did, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Mm. You know, the last time something happened to my clubs, I said I was depressed for about 30 minutes, and I go, well, we'll take it to my new golf club. So, you know, there's always a silver <laughs> lining, Lou. There's always a silver lining. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook in Maddie's house. I love it. Uh, fantastic. All right. Danny, what's uh, yours? What do you got? Come on. Yeah. Uh, teach a kid how to ride a bike. That's I'll, be right, my, my I'll be right down. I'll be right That's down. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I got him training wheels. I got him training wheels for his, for Christmas this year. So we got his first bike. So that's my new thing is be a better bike rider. I want to ride my bike more with my wife and kid now. And just go around and be like one of those guys, those bike riders. I, I think like that's that. literally it. That's all I want to do. That's nice. That's nice. Wholesome thoughts. I'll come teach him though. Yeah. If you need help, I'll come. I'll come help. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Doctor Evil. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> for Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silver, and for our steam producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, I'm Dan Zampano. We thank you so much for listening. Listen. Every week on the Spotify, the Apple, the Google Pod, on Sports Country Radio, we'll post the picks on X at 12.30 on Sunday. We'll maybe post a little earlier, and of course, we'll post any Saturday games beforehand if you need them. Uh, that's it, and that's all. At the Sunday card, you know where to get it. And until next week, have a great, great week 17. We'll see you next year in 2024 on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, 
and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at the Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.